Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starfield or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Soso. Oh, yes. Yes, it would. Jones County. That's right. Stand up. That's right. Free state of Jones. Uh, I've never been to Soso. Is it like a, is it, is it like a community? Is it a, is it a town? Like what is the, it is listed as a town population 408. I mean, the only thing I know of Soso is from (laughs) watching the free state of Jones. Mm-hmm. So I've never, I don't, th- I don't believe I've ever actually ever been in SoSo. I know some people from SoSo mm-hmm. that I could ask about this, and I'm sure someone will tweet us about this. But um, I've always been like, is it, is it like, you know, back in the woods, like it looks like on uh, Free State of Jones or what? I mean, I take, I have, to, we have to. If somebody could tell us, we'll be happy to listen. Mm-hmm. I do not know the answer to that. Someone will tell us. Someone will we'll get. Tell a, us, we will right? get a tweet about it. No question about it. Anyway, if you want coffee that's not just so-so, you want outstanding coffee. Oh, oh. that's right. Uh, you'll uh, head over to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it there. It can be shipped right to your door and the same great stuff we enjoy in Startville and Tupelo every day. You can enjoy every day as well. If you've got a coffee lover in your house this Christmas, hit the up. Hit up strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Oh, I went to Strange Brew Coffee House. There was a... You were too slow, friend. There was a gift card that said for Brian or Robbie. I know. I told Becky to go get it, but I got it. Well, darn. I think there's another one up there. For, not a card, but there's a brew, brew it forward for you. There's another one for me, too. I had to go purchase a brew it forward. I gave uh, Anna Claire Thomas the uh, the SID. I, I told her I would brew her forward one for her savagery on social media after the Egg Bowl. She was the one who came up with the uh, the news update tweet. Oh yes, and I was like, you, you she deserves it. Absolutely, she deserved it. So I was like, you, I, I got, I got you, I got you. So I went up there. And did I'm that sure she appreciated it because I know they work overtime. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, thank you. I was like, yeah, it's it is totally worth it. I promise. I know All what right. the life of an SID is, and it is some long hours with Thankless. not a whole not yeah. a whole lot of uh, appreciation. Agree, agree. Well. Uh, College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Hope you guys took advantage of some of their Cyber Monday deals. 
their Black Friday deals, and they will have some deals going throughout this holiday season. And, of course, if you've got an MSU fan in your family, you need to hit them up at College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Everything maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler this holiday season, I mean, that 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 just reeks of the holidays. Taking somebody out to a nice special dinner when you have family in town, when you want to entertain, you want to show them the best of Starkville, you show them Restaurant Tyler. And don't forget to check out Miracle Under Main at the Guest Room, a true winter wonderland in one of Starkville's... It's hard to believe that the Guest Room, after all these years, is still one of Starkville's best-kept secrets, but it is. Not everybody knows about it. Not everybody goes there enough, which is also funny because I have people all the time like, oh, the guest room, I, you know, I never go there. And then every time I try to go to the guest room, it's packed. Yeah. I feel like I'm being tripped. Yeah, we hear about, you know, this is a, a big secret. Yeah. And then it's, just, it's like very difficult to get in. We're going to have to pull some strings to get us a table for this, uh, this meal that I've uh, chosen. What have you chosen? I wanted oh, to go to the guest room. Oh, okay. That's right. Well, for the well, for the football well, picks, we'll 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 get it. We we'll get it. Don't worry. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna have to pull some strings to get us a seat. Ah, we'll figure it out. So don't don't worry about all that. Hey, I don't think you the crowd should be. I don't I'm think the crowd should be too big on, on like on, you know Wednesday. It's not gonna be a big deal. You know. You never know. Not this Wednesday though. You never know. It's true. It's true. All right, firehouse subs. This holiday season, if you want to really impress the office or the family. Grab a Firehouse Subs party platter to bring to your Christmas party. That'll be better than Santa walking in with a sack full of gifts. Everybody loves a Firehouse Sub, and they've got so many great options for you to put your party platter together. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi will be live today, uh, Tuesday, at the Connerly Trophy presentation down there in Jackson. Also the presentation for the whole trophy for the state's Top offensive lineman. I feel like it is a, a foregone conclusion on the Connerly. So we'll start there. I think that that's going to go to Quinshawn Judkin. <clears throat> Mississippi State's making a good push for Emmanuel Forbes, and I agree with a lot of what they say. I'm going to make a quick case for Judkins, but then we're going to make the case for Forbes. So I went and looked. Seven running backs have won this award. I couldn't find the stats for Tregnell Thomas back in 1996 from Delta State. I couldn't find them. You know, sorry for that. Delta State didn't do a good job of record keeping. But other than that, Judkins has more yards rushing than every back that's won this award, except for Damian Fletcher in 2007. He had more than Dixon. He had more than J.J. Johnson. He had more than Deuce. Had more than um, uh, who went? Kylan Hill. Had more than Anthony Dixon. He had more. So and he's the SEC's leading rusher. He's going to win this award. Do we agree on that, or do you think there's a path for Forbes? Or is it Shadur Sanders by like has it been a long shot? No, I think it's probably going to be Judkins, and I think it should be. I mean, I think that Forbes has had an incredible year, leads mm. the country in um, pick sixes. Obviously, broke the all-time pick six record. I think he's tied for interceptions or something like that. But to me, I'm just going to give the edge to Judkins. Mm-hmm. I just feel like what he did this year to be a feature back in the SEC as a true freshman and to do what he did was incredible. All-time leading rusher now for a single season in the history of the program. And you can – I think you're going to talk about Forbes, so you can 
you can kind of make the same case. You know, he's been – he's broken records this year as well as far as interceptions. But you're talking about a guy that has been the feature of an offense in the SEC and has led the, led the SEC in rushing. He's one of the all-time leading freshman rushers, I think, in SEC history. He's had an incredible year, and I think he deserves it personally. I voted for him. There's going to be a lot of people that gets mad about that. But, I mean, if you objectively look at the two seasons, I think that he deserves a little bit of an edge. At the same time, the fact that we're having a conversation that Emmanuel Forbes is should be in, in the conversation for the Connerly uh, as a cornerback, that tells you how good Emmanuel Forbes was this year because these awards tend to lean towards the offensive playmakers. Absolutely. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back. It's just like the Heisman. Um, that that That's where you're going to look at the most. But Forbes was so good this year that that's a testament to how good he was that we're having a conversation of it's it's kind of close. Yeah. Because I thought last week, I thought it was a runaway for Judkins. Yeah. But um, I just think, you know, Forbes is, in my opinion, the best defensive back in the country this year. Mm-hmm. I, think, I agree. I, I think he should be the Thorpe Award winner. And we'll see if that happens. But as far as the Connerly is concerned, I'm giving the edge to Judkins just from what he's done this year. It's just been incredible. So looking back at the, the history of this award, a defensive back has never won it. A, one defensive lineman has won it, and one, two, three, four linebackers have won it. Rod Davis in 2002, Michael Boley in 2004, Patrick Willis in 2006, Chris White. In 2010, the one defensive lineman was Jeffrey Simmons in 2018. And Jonathan Banks did not even win this award the year he won the Thorpe. That is one of the all-time snubs, simply given to Bo Wallace because they almost won the Egg Bowl that year. Yeah. Uh, Thorpe was – was, yeah, go ahead. That was the the year where I just thought that 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 trophy voting process was a sham. Yeah. And I think they've they've really – you and I are now uh, voters on this. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, several other people in the media voters, I think they've stretched it out a little bit to uh, to gather some more information. Because yes. there was a time where you just gave it to the winner of the Egg Bowl, which I think yeah. was ridiculous. Give it well, to the best player. I will say this, and, and, and I, I don't like the current process, right? I don't like that they have a finalist from every school. They really should make it an, an award <clears throat> about the three best players in the state. And well, that's what they do in – I believe that's what they do on women's basketball for sure. I, I, I think I – One year – It's the only – that's how they do it on, on, on baseball and basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So, d- pick the best players mm-hmm. that have had the best season. And I know they're just trying to be fair, but right. that, well, that's you, the way to go. I mean, if you want to have a process that rewards the, the best, that's how you do it. When you look at this this trophy, in 2011 was the first year where they started bringing the finalists in from every school, right? That's also the last year someone from other than State or Ole Miss won this trophy. Austin Davis won it that year. Mm-hmm. Prior to that decision, you had had two winners from Delta State, one, two, three winners from Southern Miss, and a winner from Millsaps on top of the State and Ole Miss people. So you were getting more variety before you went to this new process, which is weird. But going back to Banks, I mean, like I said, he's the Thorpe Award winner. He's the best defensive back in college football. Bo Wallace wasn't even first or second team All-SEC that year. 
No. And yet somehow he won the, the, the Connerly award. That was one. That's one where if you want to point out a snub, you definitely could uh, in, in that, in that instance. But it could um, work out the same way for, for Mississippi state and that Emmanuel Forbes doesn't win the trophy, but he wins the Thorpe. And that, but I'll be honest with you. I would feel better about it because Judkins is probably going to be a lot of people's he'll be all sec. He'll I be, think he's, I think he's going to have a chance to be all American. Yeah. I think he, he's definitely going to be a definitely freshman, freshman all American. If, yeah. if, I don't know if there's a national freshman of the year. He'll be the SEC freshman of the year. No question. It just depends on the, the publication. Right. Right. So, I mean, Judkins winning this award would be deserved. But Thorpe, oh, I'm sorry, but Forbes, get a little Freudian slip there. There's something to be said about, you know, Judkins touches the ball 20 plus times a game. Thorpe, or, I keep doing it. Forbes, uh, doesn't have any control over how many times he touches the ball. And yeah. yet he scored four touchdowns this year <clears throat> and was able to, you know, basically eliminate half the field. And, and you can make the argument that what Forbes did was was a harder thing to do than Judkins. No, I completely agree with that. I think he's he's got an excellent case. It's a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be whenever you break down what he's done because – not only will he shut down his side of the field more often than not, when he does get a chance to make a play, he usually makes it and makes it as well as anybody that we've ever seen at Mississippi State. Uh, I mean, can you think of anybody else as a defensive back that's been that big of a playmaker? I mean, you know, Banks. Nico Whitley. Whitley not, is not, interesting. He didn't one. have he, the ability. He didn't have the ability that Forbes did to be – dynamic when he makes right. the play. Right. Forbes had a wide receiver Mentality. style to him. Yeah. yeah. It, when he made the play, you could – more often than not, you're going to see him get in the end zone. Right. Nico was, had a knack for just making the play. Yeah. Banks was kind of the same way. Banks, yeah. Banks is probably the closest to Forbes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't remember – I don't think Fred Smoot had one. Robert Bean was a guy who could get into the end zone off of a pick. Yeah. But these are these are the top names in Mississippi State history. Derek Pegues. Pegues, yeah, these are these are all all timers at Mississippi State. Forbes <laughs> is right there. You know, if you said name the greatest cornerbacks Mississippi State history, you can make a very strong case for Emmanuel Forbes over Banks, over Walt Harris, over Fred Smoot. You can make that case for for Emmanuel Forbes, and I do agree with you. I, th- I think that he has a, an outstanding chance to be the Thorpe Award winner uh, when those national awards. Are announced. Um, I mean, one thing you have that that's not considered in on the defensive side is that blocked field goal that he ran back too, and that's another yeah. touchdown. Well, he didn't run that back; he blocked the field goal. Blocked it. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Cameron Richardson. Cameron blocked, Richardson uh, ran, had to, had that's my bad. But he yeah. still made a play on it. Right. I mean, that's, right. That counts. Yeah, that's on the stat sheet. So yeah, no, I I think he's he's probably my number one cornerback in Mississippi State history. Wow. Just, okay. Just based on the fact that not only is he he's not just making fluke plays, right. he's a great cornerback. He's a great cover guy. And so and there was a lot me, of talk about one. this year being, you know, interesting for Forbes because, you know, Emerson was gone and and you know, a lot of people that nobody wanted to throw at Martin Emerson the past 2 years and we're seeing why each week in the NFL now. And you know, there was a lot of talk can Forbes be the same kind of guy? And he was. I mean, the stats, they were they only threw at him 15 times 
this entire season, and he only gave up three completions. That's an incredible stat. You think about how many think about football. Got more interceptions than he does completions. Right. Think about what football is today and how many times people throw the ball and how many times somebody threw at Martin or at uh, at Emmanuel Forbes this year. That's that's an incredible statistic. So Forbes has had a fantastic season. People are going to, you know, state fans especially, they're going to hate on Judkins. I get that. But Judkins has had a very special season as well. I mean, he broke a 70-some-odd-year-old, or I guess, yeah, 70-some-odd, almost 80-year-old record that had been held at Ole Miss all that time. Um, He's the SEC's leading rusher. He's a deserving winner if it goes that way. But Forbes would be a very deserving winner as well. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, so would Shadur Sanders if they decided to go that route. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those two. Mm -hmm. But... Either one of those guys win, and I think you, you've got a good choice. I mean, I I personally think it's going to be Judkins. I mean, the numbers are just are sick. They're really good for yeah. a freshman running back in the sixteen touchdowns and twelve games for a, a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, one thousand four hundred seventy six yards, one hundred twenty three yards a game, and I, I've seen some people talk about. Well, he's you know he did this against bad teams or whatever. I mean. Yeah, he did put up some big numbers against bad teams, but at the same time, you know, 205 yards against A&M, which I believe is a good defense, over 100 yards against LSU, 135 against Bama. State was one of his worst games, you know, and a, a couple other games were three games against bad teams he had under 100 yards because he didn't run the football much. So more often than not, the dude just came out against whoever he played against and and pretty much ran wild. Yeah. And uh, for a freshman, like I said, that's that's impressive. Yeah. But also, uh, don't forget with when you're looking at Judkins, shared the backfield with a guy who rushed for 900 yards. You know, that's that's really kind wasn't of even it's the, really in, it's really yeah. insane what they did. He wasn't the primary guy like the first three four games. No, and nobody was talking about him preseason. I was talking about Zach either. Evans. Yeah, Zach Evans, and then the guy from SMU. Um. So I mean. When you look at their numbers offensively, that makes what State did on Thanksgiving that much more insane. Yeah. They had almost 3,000 yards rushing mm-hmm. from Jackson Dart, Zach Evans, and Quinshawn Judkins mm-hmm. this year. And Mississippi State held them on uh, Thursday night to negative 15 yards outside of Judkins. Yeah. And he was held – uh, under a uh, hundred yards, his second worst game of the year. So mm-hmm. it just it shows you just how good Mississippi State was in that ball game defensively, uh, and how they attacked Ole Miss because they've been able to run on everybody this year. Mm-hmm. So um, and Mississippi and State had given up rushing yards to a lot of teams this year. Yeah, I thought I thought a lot of credit to um, uh, to uh, Zach Arnett in that game. Malik Hornsby's in the transfer portal. Yeah. Oh, this is this is about to be insane. Oh, the the portal. Yes, these next couple of days. I mean, and and uh, you know, don't have any names. Don't want to speculate. But Mississippi State's going to have some guys in the portal. You would definitely expect Katravian Hargrove to go back into the portal after he went earlier this year. But there mm-hmm. will be players that go in from from state from Ole Miss. Remember, I mean, this this is the new normal. This is, and here's the thing for fans: like you can't emotionally attach yourself to players anymore, right? It's just it's if you do that, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak because this is going to be constant roster turnover for just about everybody every single year, and not and that's not excluding like Alabama, LSU, 
Ohio State, those teams are going to have a lot of transfers too. That's just the nature that we're in right now. We're in uh, this stage of college football where guys aren't happy with their playing time. They didn't get enough uh, NIL money like they were promised. You can't attach yourself to players because Mississippi State is going to lose some players and they're going to pick up some players this year in the portal too that make you just as happy as sad whenever you lost the other guys. So it's kind of like you just have to have loyalty to your school at this point right? and and not the players. And that might hurt jersey sales too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can always get them again next year. Uh, I've always said that about the, that's the difference between college and pro. Like a lot of pro – I mean, like in pros, basketball is a good example. I know people who are LeBron fans, right? Mm-hmm. They, they change their team as LeBron changes team. A lot, a lot of people I know were Shaq fans. They followed Shaq wherever he, he, he went. In college, it's all about the helmet. Like, I don't really care about the name on the back of the jersey. I, I've said this many times that if we woke up tomorrow and you swap the rosters of State and Ole Miss, everybody who's hating on Dart and Judkins and those guys would love them and then be the other way around. Everybody we talk about hate Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. All, and all the people who, you know, in Ole Miss who've been making fun of Will Rogers would say also that's the best quarterback in college football. And that's yep. just, that's just the nature of it. So it's kind of like yeah. the people that, you know, called Malik Keith a thug whenever he was in a fight against Tulsa. And right. On Thursday, on Thursday, they were cheering their little hearts out whenever he was running out on the field for senior night. Yes. Yes, that is exactly the same thing. C.J. Johnson ripping the lanyard off of C.J. Johnson at the game and then offering him, well, uh, you know. A little different. A little different. You know, never never played here. You know, we, you know, we had C.J. Johnson on last week on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. How did that go? Uh, yeah, I guess it went well. I didn't really pay attention. Okay. I just sort of zoned out while he was talking. <laughs> like, oh, we're back? Great. Let's talk. You know. Well, that's pretty much how his career went for oh, the most part. Oh. I'm kidding. He was okay. He was, he was fine. Okay. He was fine. He was they fine. really screwed they really screwed him up from a position. Yes, he should have stayed at linebacker his whole career, yeah. but it is what it is at this point. Hey, did you see um Deion Sanders has come out and said he has talked to Colorado. That's a first, right? I don't know that I've ever seen a coach say that, yeah, I got a job offer and just, just say it like that. Dion is a, I mean, he's a different cat, man. He, he doesn't have any reason to, to play the same games that these other coaches play. I, I know that, that that's an obvious step, step up, but that just seems like a weird fit for me. Mm-hmm. Dion in Colorado. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably not. The, the job for him. I, I would be surprised if he took it. I feel like he like, can hold out and get get better offers. Yeah, like I, I still could see him getting a, a really good job. It's crazy to me that Auburn hasn't come to him. It really crazy. That's going on. Especially if, if Hugh Freeze falls through and you're starting to look at like Bill O'Brien and people yeah. like that. Dion's clearly take, a better just choice. Just take Dion. Well, I mean, it's not even just take. You're not settling. Dion's a better choice than Bill O'Brien. They believe that this ends today. Auburn and people? They, they, uh, Auburn reporters believe that this is going to end today. That means it's freeze, though. That they're apparently they're vetting, which, like, what, what, what more do you have to vet? Everything that he's, that he has done has been out in the public. I can get you a what book to read if you, if you, if you need it. John, yeah. John, you sh- John should have a copy of that book. I'm sure, I'm sure he's read it. Yeah. That's why that's why there is a no doubt in my mind that he does not make this decision. Yeah. John uh, Cohen just took a raise to have less responsibility. To be honest with you, that's living the dream. And to be the face for all of this that yeah. 
just gets thrown to the fire to, into the dumpster and well, lit on if fire. Gets, if it gets fired, he gets the buyout. I mean, again, this he, that's true. That that's that, working smarter, not harder. He's playing the the whole thought process that he's the smartest man in the room is backed up by that. It's just so he can it go off. there. He can go there and get fired and get paid more money than he was going to get paid at Mississippi State. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Isaiah Woodard is in the uh, transfer portal from Ole Miss. The running back. Yeah. He was never going to play, so not in front of those guys. But man, what a great high school player, though, for sure. He was. Well, like I said, we'll just we'll have to keep monitoring. The, the, the portal is going to fill up with maroon and white. The, the, I, I would imagine. I mean, I mean if, I don't know names, but at least seven, eight guys, right? I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. going to be some wide receivers that want to get out that aren't, mm-hmm. that aren't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other spots, maybe offensive line. Possibly a few guys that just aren't going to play. I'm trying to think if there's um, any DBs that would or are you know. I mean, so far outside of Leach, just you know, clearing house when he got here, it's been some pretty good retention. State has not. I would say state has not lost maybe a couple more than a couple of guys that, that they, they would have really liked. To, like I think they would have wanted, wouldn't have minded keeping Aaron Brule, Teddy Knox. Teddy Knox is a guy they would have liked to have kept. He should have. He should have stayed. He yeah, he's not doing anything. Which from the from the people I have talked to, there was a thought that he was that he had a spot at LSU. Right. We've talked about that before. Yeah. And it fell through, and so he was he didn't want to come back to Mississippi State he because he was embarrassed. Pride. Yeah. Yeah. So he ended up going to SMU, and I, I don't think he, he done much really of did anything. Yeah. So. This is what it is. All right. The big the big thing that I'm really interested in yeah. is the. Uh, Quarterback position. If they're gonna, if they're going to go after a transfer guy, it's gonna be tough. It's, it's a situation where you feel like you need to go after him, but it's gonna be an incredibly tough sell. It's gonna be a, a very tough sell to convince anyone that they had, could they could really have a shot at the job. It's gonna be tough. That's gonna require a, a great recruiting job to get anybody worth a darn in here to to, to give Rogers some competition. I think a group of five guy. Could be a possibility. Could be, but that's another guy. I mean, those guys are going to be looking for, you know, softer landing spots. So we'll just have to see. Well, you might you might find a guy like I said, like Jack Abraham. That's your best bet. Yeah. And uh, Jack was given a good push until he had that concussion. Jack came out of the spring, and I think Jack Abraham came out of the spring in a situation where if he had had a good fall, he could have won the job. But he got hurt and, and never had that opportunity. I just I, think there's got to be there's got to be some competition there. Yeah, I agree. Like you you can't be in a position where we're like what we've said all year. Mississippi State does not have another choice. Right. Right. This is this is the guy that they're going to have to run run with. You and know? you know you bring another guy in, and then you also hope that Robertson or Locke or or even maybe Parson comes in a little ahead of schedule to give you, you know, just a viable backup idea. And then you just sort of go from there, but we'll see what happens. So that's what you know. That's what the next month is about: is this the transfer portal, the bowl game, recruiting, you know, setting everything up for the twenty twenty three season. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show, the second part of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Only a couple of days left here for you to vote for your favorite burger joint or steakhouse in the state of Mississippi. Just go to msbeef.org and place your vote there. It's a quick little survey; it takes just a couple of minutes but it's totally worth it 
get those places, the pub that they deserve. All you got to do is go to msbeef.org. And also a lot of other great stuff there as well, especially recipes. This is the time of year where beef is such a great ingredient for soups and stews, stuff to keep you warm. Check it out at msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. You know what I want for Christmas? Smoked wings. I could just, if, if Santa could just bring me a big bag of Two Brothers Smoked Wings, I would just be the happiest camper ever. I don't think he's going to do that because I'm a little old for Santa, you know, but I can always just go take care of it myself with a trip to Two Brothers. Smoked wings, my favorite, the chicken chipotle tacos, and of course, maybe a sandwich as well. Maybe I'll go crazy. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm about. You don't know what I'm capable of. So there you go. Actually, a lot of you do know, and you're probably not surprised that I'm talking about getting a sandwich, two tacos, and some wings. It's okay, though. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is something that every business likes to promise you. Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you and has for 47 years. That's a long time to stay in business. And the only way to do it is by taking care of your customers. So you know when you make the call to Advantage Business Systems to buy that new copier, that new printer, that you're getting backed up with the kind of service you would expect from your next door neighbors. It's a long tradition of serving Mississippi at Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601 362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Great polos at the Rogue. That's what Dad wants. He wants you to check out the Rogue's collegiate collection and get him a new polo this Christmas. Maroon and white polos and quarter zips with the logos that you want. The M over S, the Walking Bully, the Script State. No more Banner M. No more three-stripe life. You're not held hostage anymore, guys. You can find great polos at the Rogue. And, of course, everything else for Dad there as well. Get Dad looking better than he already looks. Make a trip to the Rogue and get him something great this holiday season. All right. For the first time in the 2022-2023 basketball season, we will now reach out to our original correspondent, the man who has been with us, For a long, long time to recap what happened at the hump, Mississippi State and Omaha as the Bulldogs attempt to go 7-0 on the young season. We go now to our correspondent, Future Brian. Thanks, guys. This is Future Brian reporting to you from the future. Glad to be back with you here on Thunder and Lightning. Mississippi State goes to 7-0 on the Young campaign. 74-54 is the final score from the Humphrey Coliseum. Again, that's all the Bulldogs get struggle to get out of the gates, but once they did, uh, dominated everything about this game uh, from start to almost start to finish. Uh, again, not a great shooting night for the Bulldogs. Only 43% from the field, only 30% uh, from behind the line, but they were able to uh, hold Omaha to less than that 41% shooting as well, 33% from behind the line. And Omaha not really able to, to get, do anything in the paint to get to the free throw line. Uh, stayed out, shot them uh, 15 free throws to seven. You know, when you look at the stats of this game, the, the biggest one is turnovers, right? Nothing else really stands out to you. Only a plus six rebounding margin for State, only plus four in assists. But 18 turnovers forced. Uh, to nine, so two to one. State gets 18 points off of turnovers. Omaha only gets uh, two. Uh, State with 17 fast break points, eight blocks to four, 12 steals to five. 
another good defensive game for the Bulldogs. And it's funny, you know, we talked to Coach Coach Chris Jans after the game. He was not pleased with his team's defensive effort. He thought it could have been much better based off of what he saw on film. But I give the Bulldogs a lot of credit tonight uh, to, to play this game, missing both of their, their point guards, uh, Deshaun Davis, Jamel Horton, both out with injuries. Jan said they'll reevaluate those guys on Wednesday. They hope to have them back on Saturday for the game against Mississippi Valley State, although there's a chance they'll miss that. And then if they could do that, they get two full weeks off uh, before the Bulldogs head to Minnesota to play the uh, Golden Gophers over there. We're going to talk about that game in just a minute. So in that situation, DJ Jeffries has to play a little bit more at the point uh, and I thought he played pretty well tonight. Ten points, three uh, rebounds, a couple of assists. Tolu Smith, his normal self, 12 points, eight rebounds. Everybody had a contribution to make. The state played basically everybody off the bench outside of uh, Justin Rumpf and Isaac Stansberry, who got a couple of minutes there at the end. But Cam Matthews, nine points, four rebounds. Eric Reed, nine points, three rebounds. McNair with three points and three rebounds. Shaq Moore. Uh, six points, four assists for him. Keyshawn Murphy had a good game tonight. Eight points and four assists. Tyler Stevenson, the transfer from USM, eight points, seven rebounds. And uh, got up from a nasty, nasty spill. I, I honestly couldn't believe how quickly he got up. Fell flat on his back, hit his head on the court. I fully expected to see a pool of blood, but did not see that, thankfully. And he got right up, talked to him after the game, said he was dizzy for a minute, but he was fine. Um, so, you know, State get, getting a lot of contributions it's still so early in the season to, to try to make sweeping judgments about this team. Um, but defensively, they're just good. This is a good defensive team. They are the first team. I, well, let me see this stat. I just saw it on Twitter uh, just a moment ago. Mississippi State joins 2019-20 Virginia, who I believe either they won the national title or they were the number one seed who got knocked off by UMBC, one way or the other as the only D1 teams in the last decade to allow 55 or fewer points in each of the first seven games of a season. And that includes games with Marquette and Utah, who are, you know, respectable Power 5 programs. So that's that's a great stat. Um, you know, from a season ago, defense was a huge issue for the Bulldogs, and now it seems to have become a strength. Now, offensively, this team, there's, there's no getting around the fact that right now they're not good. They're not shooting the ball well. They're not doing a great job behind the three-point line. They're not finding great shots. Now, tonight, you can sort of forgive that because you don't have your two point guards and the guys who can create shots and drive into the lane and create some openings. You just sort of had to piece it together tonight. That's fine. But when you get into SEC play, you're going to have to find some more offense in this. You're not going to hold those teams to 55 points or less. If you do, then you know, tip your hat. That's, that's going to be a tough out in the NCAA tournament. But they've got a ways to go. So they play Minnesota on uh, next Saturday. I'm sorry, next Sunday, the 11th of uh, December. If you recall, a season ago, the Minnesota game was kind of my first foray into negativity about the final year of Ben Hallen. I watched that game. State did not play well. I didn't think Minnesota was that great a team, and I left that game thinking, okay, maybe this team, you know, maybe we've overhyped this team a little bit. So I think this will be a good measuring stick for the Bulldogs to go on the road, which should be a decent environment, a Big Ten school. And if they can get the win there, to go to, you know, they should be 9-0 at that point if they can win at Minnesota. Because Mississippi Valley, as you know, year in, year out, that's a really poor program. Um, if they can be 9-0, I mean, you, you got a real chance to, to have the kind of resume that if you're just 500 or around 500 at conference play, you're going to have a shot there in March to be on the bubble. And that would be a huge step for this, this basketball team in year one under Chris Jans. And I, I do b- b- buy into what he says about offense. You know, he talks about offense will come, offense will come. Because at the end of the day, 
when you recruit high school basketball players or when you recruit anybody, the first thing you look at is points per game. And you can't you can't get a scholarship to a school to play basketball if you're not a decent scorer. All of these guys in high school and junior college or wherever they came from were decent scorers. They were guys, you know, that's the first thing you look at. You know, if, if, if I don't know a lot of high school basketball players outside of maybe some physical freaks who are just like seven foot two, seven foot three, and you, and you see the potential there. But I don't think there's a lot of guys who are getting scholarships to power five schools when they're averaging six, seven points a game. Now, DJ Jeffries is a volume scorer in, 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 in high school. All of these guys were. So you know the talent and the ability to drop balls through the, the hoop is there. You know that it is. So it's just a matter of finding that comfort and, and doing that. And I think once they're a little healthier and they have all their full rotation of guards, I mean, Deshaun Davis, you look at that game against Utah, if he doesn't make some shots there, uh, they don't win that game. So that's a that's a big deal for the Bulldogs to, to be missing him. They need to get him back into the lineup. Hopefully that, like we said, that we can, you can see that possibly Saturday. But I do think uh, Chris Jans might be wise to play it a, a little close to the vest, a little safe, and try to uh, – Try to see if you can hold him out. You don't really need him against Mississippi Valley, I don't think. And then you can have him full full go uh, for that game against Minnesota, which could be a, you know a very interesting game for the Bulldogs. One last thing before we get out of here, uh, we got to give a shout out to the legend Brooks Bryant, who this is talk about overcoming adversity. Was told he was going to be shooting a recliner shot. They changed the game up on him. Said, "Nope, you're going from half court." The guy should have sank all three. He was on target, but the last one had to touch 500 smackaroos in his pocket. The man is, simply put, a legend. We love him. Brooks Bryant, shout out to you, my friend. Great work. You continue to make us proud. All right, that's all for this edition of Thunder and Lightning. The guys will be back tomorrow with the rumblings. Get your questions in, and they will be happy to answer them. For Brian and Robbie, I am future Brian. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.